Hello, grade fours. We are going to continue with Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets by J.K. Rowling. We are on chapter nine called The Writing on the Wall. Before we start, um, I'm pretty sure I'm correct with the dates now, um, and that today should be Tuesday, April 28th. If I'm correct, then today's clue for Wordo is the letter A. So clue number two is the letter A. You can send me a message, a private message. Don't send it in the group uh, if you have a guess for what the word might be. But let's get started on our read aloud. Um, so if you remember, Professor, I think his name is Professor Bins, yeah, was just about to tell the class about the Chamber of Secrets. So here we go. You all know, of course, that Hogwarts was founded over a thousand years ago. The precise date is uncertain. By the four greatest witches and wizards of the age. The four school houses are named after them. Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. They built this castle together far from prying muggle eyes, for it was an age when magic was feared by common people, and witches and wizards suffered much persecution. He paused, gazed blearily around the room, and continued. For a few years, the founders worked in harmony together, seeking out youngsters who showed signs of magic, and bringing them to the castle to be educated. But then, disagreements sprang up between them, a rift began to grow between Slytherin and the others. Slytherin wished to be more selective about the students admitted to Hogwarts. He believed that magical learning should be kept within all magic families. He disliked taking students of muggle parentage, believing them to be untrustworthy. After a while, there was a serious argument on the subject between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and Slytherin left the school. Professor Binns paused again, pursing his lips, looking like a wrinkled old tortoise. Reliable historical sources tell us this much, he said. But these honest facts have been obscured by the fanciful legend of the Chamber of Secrets. The story goes that Slytherin had built a hidden chamber in the castle, of which the other founders knew nothing. Slytherin, according to the legend, sealed the Chamber of Secrets so that none would be able to open it until his own true heir arrived at the school. Their heir alone would be able to unseal the Chamber of Secrets, unleash the horror within, and use it to purge the school of all who were unworthy to study magic. There was silence as he finished telling the story. But it wasn't the usual sleepy silence that filled Professor Bin's classes. There was unease in the air as everyone continued to watch him, hoping for more. Professor Binns looked faintly annoyed. The whole thing is errant nonsense, of course, he said. Naturally, the school was, has been searched for evidence of such chamber many times by the most learned witches and wizards. It does not exist. A tale told to frighten the gullible. Hermione's hand was back in the air. Sir, what exactly do you mean by the horror within the chamber? 
That is believed to be some sort of monster, which the heir of Slytherin alone can control, said Professor Binns in his dry, reedy voice. The class exchanged nervous looks. I tell you, the thing does not exist, said Professor Binns, shuffling his notes. There is no chamber and no monster. But, sir, said Seamus, Seamus Finnegan, if the chamber can only be opened by Slytherin's true heir, no one else would be able to find it, would they? Nonsense, O oh Flaherty, said Professor Binns in an aggravated tone. If a long succession of Hogwarts headmasters and headmistresses haven't found the thing. But, Professor, piped up Parvati Patil, you've probably have to use dark magic to open it. Just because a wizard doesn't use dark magic doesn't mean he can't, Miss Pennyfeather, snapped Professor Binns. I repeat, if the likes of Dumbledore... But maybe you have to be related to Slytherin, so Dumbledore couldn't, began Dean Thomas. But Professor Binns had had enough. That will do, he said sharply. It's a myth. It does not exist. There is not a shred of evidence that Slytherin ever built so much as a secret broom cupboard. I regret telling you such a foolish story. We will return, if you please, to history, to solid, believable, verifiable fact. And within five minutes, the class had sunk back into its usual torpor. I always knew Salazar Slytherin was a twisted old loony, Ron told Harry and Hermione as they fought their way through the teeming corridors at the end of the lesson to drop off their bags before dinner. But I never knew he started all this pureblood stuff. I wouldn't be in his house if you paid me. Honestly, if the Sorting Hat had tried to put me in Slytherin, I'd have got, the, got on the train straight back home. Hermione nodded fervently, but Harry didn't say anything. His stomach had dropped unpleasantly. Harry had never told Ron and Hermione that the Sorting Hat had seriously considered putting him in Slytherin. He could remember, as though it was yesterday, the small voice that had spoken in his ear when he placed the hat on his head a year before. You could be great, you know. It's all here, in your head. And Slytherin would help you on the way to greatness. No doubt about that. But Harry, who had already heard of Slytherin's house, house's reputation for turning out dark wizards, had thought desperately, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. And the hat had said, Oh, well, if you're sure, better be Gryffindor. As they were shunted along the throng, Colin Creeby went past. Hi, Harry! Hello, Colin, said Harry automatically. Harry, Harry, a boy in my class has been saying you're... But Colin was so small, he couldn't fight against the tide of people bearing him towards the Great Hall. They heard him squeak, See you, Harry! And he was gone. What's a boy in his class saying about you? Hermione wondered. That I'm Slytherin's heir, I expect, said Harry, his stomach dropping another inch or so, and he suddenly remembered the way Justin Finch Fletchley had run away from him at lunchtime. People here'll believe anything, said Ron in disgust. The crowd thinned, and they were able to climb the next staircase without difficulty. Do you really think there's a chamber of secrets? Ron asked Hermione. I don't know, she said, frowning. Dumbledore couldn't cure Mrs. Norris, and that makes me think that whatever attacked her might not be...
well, human. As she spoke, they turned a corner and found themselves at the end of the very corridor where the attack had happened. They stood and looked. The scene was just as it had been that night, except that there was no stiff cat hanging from the torch bracket, and an empty chair stood against the wall bearing the message, the chamber has been opened. That's where Filch had been keeping guard, Ron muttered. They looked at each other. The corridor was deserted. Can't hurt to have a poke around, said Harry, dropping his bag and getting to his hands and knees so that he could crawl along searching for clues. Scorch, scorch marks, he said, here and here. Come and look at this, said Hermione. This is funny. Harry got up and crossed to the window next to the message on the wall. Hermione was pointing at the topmost pane, where around 20 spiders were scuttling, apparently fighting to get through a small crack in the glass. A long, silvery thread was dangling like a rope, as though they had all climbed it in their hurry to get outside. Have you ever seen spiders act like that? said Hermione, wonderingly. No, said Harry. Have you, Ron? Ron? He looked over his shoulder. Ron was standing well back and seemed to be fighting the impulse to run. What's up? said Harry. I, I don't like spiders, said Ron tensely. I never knew that, said Hermione, looking at Ron in surprise. You've used spiders and potions loads of times. I don't mind them dead, said Ron, who was carefully looking anywhere but at the window. I just don't like the way they move. Hermione giggled. It's not funny, said Ron fiercely. If you must know, when I was three, Fred turned my, my teddy bear into a dirty great spider because I broke his toy broomstick. You wouldn't like them either if you'd been holding your bear and suddenly it had too many legs and... He broke off, shuddering. Hermione was obviously still trying not to laugh. Feeling they had better get off the subject, Harrier said, Remember all that water on the floor? Where did that come from? Someone's mopped it up. It was about here, said Ron, recovering himself to walk a few paces past Filch's chair and pointing. Level with this door. He breached for the brass doorknob, but suddenly withdrew his hand as though he'd been burned. What's the matter, said Harry. Can't go in there, said Ron gruffly. That's a girl's toilet. Oh, Ron, there won't be anyone in there, said Hermione, standing up and coming over. That's Moaning Myrtle's place. Come on, let's have a look. And ignoring the large out-of-order sign, she opened the door. It was the gloomiest and most depressing bathroom Harry had ever set foot in. Under a large, cracked, and spotted mirror was a row of chipped stone sinks. The floor was damp and reflected the dull light given off by the stubs of a few candles burning low in their holders. The wooden doors to the cubicles were flaking and scratched, and one of them was dangling off its hinges. Hermione put her fingers to her lips and set off towards the end cubicle. When she reached it, she said, Hello, Myrtle. How are you? Harry and Ron went to look. Moaning Myrtle was floating on the cistern of the toilet, picking a spot on her chin. This is a girl's bathroom, she said, eyeing Ron and Harry suspiciously. They're not girls. No, Hermione agreed. I just wanted to show them how uh, nice it is in here. She waved vaguely at the dirty old mirror and the damp floor. 
Ask her if she saw anything, Harry mouthed at Hermione. Why are you whispering? said Myrtle, staring at him. Nothing, said Harry quickly. We, we wanted to ask. I wish people would stop talking behind my back, said Myrtle, in a voice choked with tears. I do have feelings, you know, even if I am dead. Myrtle, no one wants to upset you, said Hermione. Harry only, no one wants to upset me? That's a good one, howled Myrtle. My life was nothing but misery at this place, and now people come along ruining my death. We wanted to ask you if you'd seen anything funny lately, said Hermione quickly, because a cat was attacked right outside your front door on Halloween. Did you see anyone near here that night, said Harry? I wasn't paying attention, said Myrtle dramatically. Peeves upset me so much I came in here and tried to kill myself. Then, of course, I remembered that I'm... That I'm already dead, said Ron hopefully. Myrtle gave a tragic sob, rose up in the air, turned over, and dived headfirst into the toilet, splashing water all over them and vanishing from sight. From the direction of her muffled sobs, she had come to rest somewhere in the U-bend. Harry and Ron stood with their mouths open, but Hermione shrugged wearily and said, Honestly, that was almost cheerful for Myrtle. Come on, let's go. Harry had barely closed the door on Myrtle's gurgling sobs when a loud voice made all three of them jump. Ron! Percy Weasley had stopped dead at the head of the stairs, prefect badge agleam, an expression of complete shock on his face. That's a girl's bathroom, he gasped. What were you? Just having a look around, Ron shrugged. Clues, you know. Percy swelled in a manner that reminded Harry forcefully of Mrs. Weasley. Get away from there, he said, striding towards them and starting to shivvy them along, flapping his arms. Don't you care what this looks like, coming back here when everyone's at dinner? Why shouldn't we be here, said Ron, hotly, stopping short and glaring at Percy. Listen, we never laid a finger on that cat. That's what I told Jenny, said Percy fiercely. But she seems to think you're going to be expelled. I've never seen her so upset, crying her eyes out. You must, you might think of her. All the first years are thoroughly overexcited by this business. You don't care about Jenny, said Ron, whose ears were reddening now. You're just worried I'm going to mess up your chances of being head boy. Five points from Gryffindor, Percy said tersely fingering his prefect badge, and I hope it teaches you a lesson. No more detective work, or I'll write to mom. And he strode off, the back of his neck as red as Ron's ears. Harry, Ron, and Hermione chose seats as far as possible from Percy in the common room that night. Ron was still in a very bad temper and kept blotting his charms homework. When he reached absently for his wand to remove the smudges, it ignited the parchment. Fuming almost as much as his homework, Ron slammed the standard book of spells, grade two, shut. To Harry's surprise, Hermione followed suit. Who can it be, though? She said in a quiet voice, as though continuing a conversation they had just been having. Who'd want all squibs and muggleborns out of Hogwarts? Let's think, said Ron in a mock, puzzle, mock puzzlement. Who do we know that thinks muggleborns are scum? He looked at Hermione. Hermione looked back, unconvinced. 
If you're talking about Malfoy, of course I am, said Ron. You heard him. You'll be next, mudbloods. Come on. You've only got to look at his foul rat face to know it's him. Malfoy, the heir of Slytherin, said Hermione skeptically. Look at his family, said Harry, closing his books too. The whole lot of them have been in Slytherin. He's always boasting about it. They could easily be Slytherin's descendants. His father's definitely evil enough. They could have had keys to the Chamber of Secrets for centuries, said Ron, handing it down father to son. Well, said Hermione cautiously, I suppose it's possible. But how do we prove it, said Harry darkly. There might be a way, said Hermione slowly, dropping her voice still further with a quick glance across the room at Percy. Of course, it would be difficult. And dangerous, very dangerous. We'd be breaking about 50 school rules, I expect. If, in a month or so, you feel like explaining, you will let us know, won't you? Said Ron irritably. All right, said Hermione coldly. What we'd need to do is get inside the Slytherin common room and ask Malfoy a few questions without him realizing it's us. But that's impossible, Harry said, as Ron laughed. No, it's not, said Hermione. All we'd need would be some polyjuice potion. What's that, said Ron and Harry together. Snape mentioned it in class a few weeks ago. Do you think we've got nothing better to do in potions than listen to Snape, muttered Ron. It transforms you into somebody else. Think about it. We could change into three of the Slytherins. No one would know it was us. Malfoy would probably tell us anything. He's probably boasting about it in the Slytherin common room right now. If only we could hear him. This polyjuice stuff sounds a bit dodgy to me, said Ron, frowning. What if we were stuck looking like three of the Slytherins forever? It wears off after a while, said Hermione, waving her hand impatiently. But getting hold of the recipe would be very difficult. Snape said it was in a book called Most Potent Potions, and it... It's bound to be in the restricted section of the library. There was only one way to get out a book from the restricted section. You needed a signed note of permission from a teacher. Hard to see why we'd want a book, really, said Ron, if we weren't going to try and make one of the potions. I think, said Hermione, that if we made it sound as though we were just interested in the theory, we might stand a chance. Oh, come on, no teacher's going to fall for that, said Ron. They'd have to be really thick. And that is the end of chapter nine. We will start chapter 10 tomorrow. Don't forget, clue number two is the letter A. Bye, everybody.